Sportsnet 590, The Fan. It's opening day, Sportsnet Radio Network, as we welcome in listeners from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. I am Ben Ennis in our Toronto studios, getting you set for Toronto Blue Jays baseball, Blue Jays, and St. Louis Cardinals from St. Louis. Alec Manoa getting the start against Miles Michaelis. And if you're just tuning in right now, we have a lineup, naturally, just an hour away from first pitch. And it's a bit of a surprising one if you've been paying attention to the Blue Jays in Grapefruit League action, not at the top of it. Uh, that's not where the surprise lies. George Springer playing right field, leading off. Uh, Bo Bichette is hitting second at shortstop. First baseman, obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but at the uh, cleanup spot, hitting fourth, the left fielder Dalton Varsho with Alejandro Kirk hitting fifth. Brandon Belt, sixth of the DH, Matt Chapman, the third baseman, Whit Merrifield at second base, and Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. So Dalton Varsho, the big acquisition from the Arizona Diamondbacks, gets thrown right into the fire uh, as the cleanup hitter for a team that has World Series aspirations. Brandon Belt had been doing that for the most part in spring training and perhaps will be the default guy hitting uh, fourth for this lineup as the season progresses. Before game number one, Brandon Belt hitting sixth, and Dalton Varsho hitting fourth in left field. Uh, We're going to talk to Carlos Delgado in a mere moment here, the all-time franchise leader in home runs. I want to get to a couple of the biggest questions for me surrounding this Blue Jays team as we head into this 2023 season after a 2022 season in which... I guess you can make the case that they performed two expectations, maybe even exceeded them with 92 wins, one more than they had in 2021, finishing a game out of the postseason. The winning percentage increasing three consecutive years. I think the number one question for most people going into this year, the number one thing that was holding this team back at times last season was the back two-fifths of the rotation. One of the questions going into spring training was whether Yusei Kikuchi could hold down that fifth starter spot. He performed super well in spring training, leading all pitchers in the Grapefruit League in strikeouts. But this is a guy that's, you know, struck some people out before. In fact, he had a career-high strikeout rate a season ago. It did not correlate to effective starts every fifth day. Can he get himself back into the zone? Something that we saw at times during spring training, but not nearly often enough. Jose Barrios, I mean, if you were going to pick between the two, who is more likely to have a bounce back? It would be the guy that's, you know, had a longer track record than just a half a season before hitting free agency. It would be a guy that was signed for his consistency. Jose Barrios, a guy that's been an opening day starter. I mean, was for this team. But before that was an opening day starter for the Minnesota Twins. Year over year over year, this was a guy that you could pencil in for at least a quality start. And in fact, the Blue Jays had 
a tremendous record when he towed the rubber a season ago. His numbers were certainly not what you expected for a guy that was signed to a seven-year contract extension, a couple of prize uh, prospects headed out the door. But the idea that he can get back to at least being a league average starting pitcher or beyond, not out of the realm of possibility. And in fact, if you missed it, if you're one of the network stations joining us, we talked to Pat Hankin in the last hour, former American League Cy Young Award winner. In fact, the first Cy Young Award award winner in Blue Jays history, who, in fact, captured his first Cy Young Award after his worst season in Major League Baseball. He did the things that Jose Barrios just did a season ago. Led the American League in earned runs allowed, led the American League in hits allowed, and bounced right back with his best season, winning 20 games back when, you know, 20 games was part of the discussion when you're outlining a pitcher's case to win the Cy Young Award. I mean, the the most important hinge question to whether the Blue Jays can go from 92 wins to 95, maybe 100, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This is a guy who was the best offensive player in baseball in 2021. He finished second in the American League MVP voting, and rightly so, behind Shohei Otani. Spending a good portion of the early part of that 2021 season playing in minor league ballparks, who, I mean, just look at the numbers, boosted his home run totals, his offensive totals basically across the board to levels that he didn't really sustain when the Blue Jays returned to Rogers Center to play home games. Can he be closer to that guy? He doesn't have to be that guy. He doesn't have to be the best offensive player in baseball. But if he can be somewhere closer to 2021 Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as opposed to the 2022 version, this is a team that you could easily see surpassing some of the predictive uh, marks that they've, they've been pegged for. 89 wins, by the way. Fangraphs pegging them for this season. Dalton Varsho, the guy that's hitting fourth in this Blue Jays lineup. Can he be somebody that is not just an elite level glove, which he was a season ago, led the major leagues in outs above average playing center field for an Arizona Diamondbacks team. He's going to be asked to play left field for the Blue Jays. Can he continue to at least hit right-handed pitching? He hit 27 home runs a season ago. Uh, He'll be hitting fourth today in St. Louis. All right, let's talk to the man who holds more than a few franchise marks, including the all-time Blue Jays leader in home runs. It is Carlos Delgado. How's it going, Carlos? Ben, I'm doing great. How are you today? Thanks for having me, and uh, hi to everybody listening. Yeah, thanks for doing this, man. I I really appreciate you uh, taking the time today. You know, I was going back and looking at some of uh, the great highlights throughout your career, including the four-homer game. Uh, Your four-homer game, you're one of 18 men to ever hit four homers in a game. And, you know, Jose Bautista gets credit for, like, pioneering the bat flip. You were kind of ahead of your time, man. That was an incredible bat flip on homer number four. Uh, that, that, that was a, that was a really fun day. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't trying to create a bad flip. I wasn't trying to show anybody up. It's just like full emotion, full passion. I mean, it was. I always remember that day. It was one of those days where things were going. You know, things were going my way. Everything that I hit seemed to go out of the ballpark. I guess you know, after you hit four home runs, you can do a bad flip if you want to. You deserve it. I'm just kidding. Oh man, you absolutely did deserve it, especially where you hit that Thank home run you. number four, which was over Windows Restaurant at the time. 
Um, not that that Rogers Center was a difficult place to hit a home run. Always home runs. Always kind of mm-hmm. played neutral, if not more to the 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 hitter's side of the ledger. But um, the fences yeah. are coming in a little bit, especially in right field this year, Carlos. I don't know if you've I seen. Heard. Yeah. What, what what would you be thinking about? stepping into uh, the batter's box at Rogers Center with the right field fence in 16 feet. If I if I if I was a if I was a hitter playing at the at the Rogers Center I would be happy. But having said that, I will always remember that like you went to the smaller ballparks and you got in trouble because you say oh the fence is so close I can hit a home run anytime I want and then you become you 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 start getting in trouble because you're trying to do too much or you're chasing out of the sun looking for home runs instead of having quality at bat. So, I mean, it will definitely uh, benefit uh, hitters. I, I haven't seen the whole layout. I, I heard about it. Uh, good for good for hitters, tough for pitches. You know, it goes both ways. But uh, as a hitter, you know, those guys are so big and strong. I don't think they need any help. So uh, I will preach more than anything quality at bats. You know, not, don't try to – don't try to go for the home runs all the time. Just good at bats and good things will happen. So your first ever opening day was your third career uh, game. You got in a couple of uh, of late season games in the in the ninety three mm-hmm. season. You opened up nineteen ninety four though in your first game with your first career home run. Do you remember your first opening day and getting off the Schneid so quickly? I would I would I will always remember and I share I will share that moment for the rest of my life. Something about spring training, you know, all the emotion. And for some reason, those uniforms look whiter on that day. Uh, I guess that's what you play for. You know, you work out during the off season, uh, you go to spring training, you work out for six weeks, trying to get in shape, and then you still get butterflies on your stomach, you know, on, on opening day. And I think that's the beauty, that's the beauty of the game. If you have the, 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 the passion for, for the game, you have that motivation. You know, you want to get the season on their uh, way. And obviously you want to uh, hit the track running. So, I mean, something special about opening day, obviously uh, you can't have that kind of emotion for 162 days. Otherwise you will go, you will drain, you will go crazy. But, you know, I, I will always say, you know, I'm going to enjoy opening day. I think this is good. Uh, this is another season, you know, another, uh, another spring training. You know, you just have to celebrate that small victories. I don't know if it's still the case because things have changed so much in in Major League Baseball, but the old adage used to be, and part of it was the weather, but like early in the season that the pitchers were ahead of the hitters. Did you feel that? that, Did it take a while for you to to really get your timing? You know, every every year was different. There were were years where I had good starts. There were years where I I was a little slow. I mean, I was, uh, I consider myself uh, lucky because most of the time, we were indoors, whether at the Sky Dome or when they changed the name of Rogers Center. So it, it was nice, you know, at least half of the game, you didn't have to really deal with the weather. You didn't feel like that was a, that, that, that was a factor. Obviously, when you go to spring training, you want to work on your craft. You want to work on your timing. You want to make sure that your timing, in, your timing is ready. But it's so hard to predict, you know. You know uh, some years, you just feel like you're locked in. And then some some years you feel like you know it, it took you a couple of weeks. So you know every everybody's different. You know once again, you know as a player when you feel good, you know when you don't feel good, and you know when it's time to start making adjustments. You know, and sometimes you just less is more. Try, you know, try not to do too much. Have quality at bats until you get that timing down, and then you just keep on going. 
When, when you made your, your debut... Um, again, it was 93, so this was a team that would eventually go on to win a World Series. You got a World Series ring um, despite only playing a couple of regular season games. But there were, there were some of the, the veterans were, were hanging around, but it wasn't too long before you became the best hitter on a team that was clearly yours. Uh, it, you were the centerpiece of it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, is in that situation where he's a young guy. He's, he's really... You know, only just barely starting his major league career in his early 20s, like you were at 25, yeah. becoming the best hitter on a team. And and there's been some indication that maybe, you know, he's trying to do too much early in his career. Did you ever sense that? I think we all have. I mean, at some point, we, you know, we, we want to get better. As a player, you know, if you ask around, pretty much everybody will try to tell you, you know what, I want to be better than last year. I want to hit more home runs, or I want to drive some, you know, more runs than the year before. And and there's a fine line between always continue to push yourself to be better and try to try to keep it under control where you where you can control your emotions and you can uh and you can have good at bats and you, you let your talent and your ability really blossom. You know, in, in Vladdy's case, I, I know I read an article with, where he was saying that you know, uh, last year he was trying to top 2002, you know, 2021. And I say, mm. well, there's nothing wrong with 2021. That was a phenomenal year. So sometimes we have to kind of, you know, especially younger players, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? If you're doing good, if you're accomplished what you're trying to accomplish, obviously uh, you, you continue to do that. Obviously you work on the minor details of your game to try to improve. You just don't want to get ahead of yourself to the point where you cannot control your emotions, and then you become anxious, and then you're chasing balls out of the zone, you're swinging where you shouldn't be swinging, and then you get in trouble. And then you start thinking, I say, what am I doing? Am I doing too much? I'm not doing enough. And next thing you know, you kind of snowball from there, and that's the last thing you want as a, as a, as a young player. Yeah, I think the walk thing is is interesting, or or the the yeah the the laying off pitches that you can't hit really really hard. Mm-hmm. Being a little bit more selective is that something that that comes with time? We saw it in twenty twenty one when he had that incredible season. He took a ton of walks, and and maybe that was just you know eventually pitchers said I, I I'm sick of giving up home runs to this guy. Like what comes first, <laughs> being super selective or or hitting a bunch of home runs and pitchers becoming afraid of you? Uh, I think it's a little, it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, as hitters, we all have our, our essence. You know what I mean? You just and as an, an aggressive hitter, you can't ask him not to be aggressive. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of cautious with the word selective because it kind of give you a little uh, defensive mode. You want to be aggressive within the strike zone. You know, and then at certain counts, you are aggressive within an area within the strike zone. Mm. So I try to think, think, think about it kind of the reverse way. Instead of I'm not going to swing until I get a strike. That's, I don't like that. I'm swinging until it's a ball. It's a different, it's a different, uh, pretty much the same thing, but in different way in, in how to work in, in your head. So, you know, a guy like, like Blatty, he's going to have to take his walks, but you want him to be aggressive. You know what I mean? And, you know, same with, with Springer, you know, he, he, you want him to be aggressive. That's where he's at his best. So you want him to be aggressive within his power zone where he can do damage. You know what I mean? If he's not there, take it. And I tell you, those guys start taking a couple of walks here and there because they're not pitching to them. The opposition is going to be in trouble because yeah. you don't want to face that. You don't want to face that lineup with guys in scoring position. 
I, I want to talk about your countryman, Jose Barrios, who's, who's been a, a, a great, great pitcher throughout his career and then had a, a bit of a step back last, uh, last season, um, played for Team Puerto Rico in, in, in the World Baseball Classic as, as well. I don't, I don't know if you know him. Uh, I imagine you were watching the World Baseball Classic and, uh, and, yeah, and your team, and obviously you've been a part of that coaching staff before. But um, when you look at a guy that has a, a track record like him and has one outlier season and is not like age-wise should not be in the, the decline phase of his career, mm-hmm. can, can, you, can that just happen where you just have a weird season where everything goes wrong and you can get it back on track immediately after? Of course, of course you can, especially uh, a guy like him that works as hard as he does work. Um, and if he's not, if he's not, if he's not injured, I mean, obviously you want him to do good, and and you and people will be paying attention. But I would not be overly concerned uh, because you know the stuff there. Maybe he just had had an off season. Maybe mechanically he was just a little bit off. Maybe his sinker was running too much. Maybe he was getting underneath the ball a little too much. Something that he did realize towards the end of the last year, and maybe he went to spring training and work on it. Um, and and you know, and, and with that coaching staff, they're gonna be they're gonna be people there that are gonna be watching and pulling for him and want him to uh, want him to uh, to to do well. And once again, the last thing you want to do is just like start wondering and doubting yourself because I don't think it's the case. Like you said, he's young, he's strong, he works hard. Uh, he's not hurt, so let let your ability take over. Don't be afraid of contact. You know, be aggressive, and good things are gonna ha- are gonna happen. So I mentioned you, you've been a coach on that uh, team Puerto Rico team before, um, and, and not the, their best World Baseball Classic ever. But um, obviously, there's a ton of talent coming out of that country, and that tournament really felt like it took off this year, Carlos. Um, it's it's one that I've enjoyed watching throughout the the, the course of its history. But do you feel like this year was kind of like a launching point for that thing, that it's, it's really going to start to be something people look forward to, something that people reference when they talk about, you know, at the end of somebody's career, talking about their, their greatest achievements and maybe including some of their moments in the World Baseball Classic? Uh, I, I, I think so. I mean, uh, I've been a part of the WBC for, for four years. First two as a player, uh, thir- uh, 2013 and 2017 as a hitting coach. This year, I, I wasn't a part of it, but I did fly to Miami to watch it. And the energy and the quality of the players is, is, is unbelievable. And then now what happens is you start, the, the testimonials are coming in. You, you, you hear guys like Mike Trout, like Trey Turner, uh, uh, like uh, Turner, uh, no, uh, I'm drawing a blank right here. Uh, I'll get, uh, shortstop for Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, that's Trey Turner. Turner. Yep. Trey Turner, yeah. You know, coming out and say well, this is some of the best experiences that I have. The the energy at the ballpark is great. I mean, the work gets out. I, it's, it's important for us, you know. You, you, when you compare Puerto Rico to the United States, we've got 3 million people. The United States got 350 million people. So is, is it important because, you know, baseball is in our blood, it's in our tradition. People love it. People follow it. You know, same with you know, uh, Dominican and, and, and Venezuela and obviously, obviously, obviously Japan is it, important. And now and everybody wants to win, you know, and the way you win is with a better team. And, and the recruiting already started. So I think uh, in, in four years, it's going to be a great tournament. The commissioner came out right after the tournament and already from the get-go said that it's, that it's, a, that it's, a, that it's a go. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be even more fun in uh, in four years. Uh, it's going to be fun this summer when Jose Bautista's name gets uh, lifted up to the level of excellence next to yours, which is already up there. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. what, can you can you go Good back? Him. Yeah, can you can you go back to the moment that your your name appeared on the level of excellence and and what that meant to you? You know what? That was uh, that was that was uh, that was a great day. That was uh, obviously a great recognition. Uh, he, I always say you don't play for you don't play for the awards, but at the end of your career, when you look back. And I say some of the things that you have accomplished. And when you look up and then you get the great players, the Tony Fernandez, the Joe Carter, the Robbie Alomar, the Ciro Gaston, uh, it's great company. So I'm honored. I'm humble. Uh, I'm happy for, for Jose. Well-deserved. You know, he went to Toronto and had, a, had a, an unbelievable uh, career. So good, good for him. I'm sure he'll enjoy it like I did back in uh, 2015. So back in, uh, in 2015. Um, so you're a guy that we we know is is always working on tr- uh, charitable endeavors. I'm sure you're working on something right now. Is there is there some way? Can you can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on? And, and is there some way for people to to uh, support what what you're working on right now, Carlos? Well, you know that's a that's a big part of that's a big part of my life. I've been involved with a non for profit here in Puerto Rico for the last 22 years. It's called Extra Bases. Just like the extra base said, you know, uh, if you want to go check it out, we, we have presence on the, on our, on the website, extrabases.org. We can, you can follow, you can see us on Instagram. You can see us on Twitter and we'll, you know, we'll post some of the stuff that we do. We, our main goal is just to try to create a better uh, quality of life for, uh, for children. We work with different um, institutions that work with children on an everyday basis, inner city kids. Kids have been abandoned, uh, and there's no secret. The last six, seven years here in Puerto Rico have been kind of hectic. You know, mm. Hurricane Maria, then it was the earthquake, uh, uh, COVID, you know, the last few years, and, and Fiona, the, the last hurricane that hit us in, uh, in, 20, in 2022, September 2022. So uh, uh, a lot of the non-for-profits, and there are many here doing a fantastic work as well, uh, kind of became disaster relief. So... We have been busy, but you know, once again, I'm I'm blessed. I'm healthy. I have a healthy family. So, if any way I can continue to support and uh, and and help uh, my my country, uh, I'm I'm excited about that. And people can go to uh, extrabases.org. So extrabases.org extra base and uh, on Instagram, extra extrabases PR as Puerto Rico, and uh, on uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, Carlos, uh, thanks for everything you do, and and, and thanks so much for for taking the time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good talking to you, and it's uh, always nice to catch up, and uh, good luck to the Blue Jays. We'll be watching, and I wish them the best year, and hopefully they can all stay healthy and go out and and kick butt. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah, take care. Thank you. Yeah, take care. There's Carlos Delgado, Blue Jays all-time leader in home runs, walks, RBIs, Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer. Oh, he also hit four home runs in a game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Seven opening day starts also at first base that uh, ties Roy Halladay for the most at any position in franchise history, obviously the most in uh, franchise history at first base. We are getting you set for first pitch in St. Louis, Alec Manoa against Miles Michaelis, Blue Jays and Cardinals, a couple of teams with postseason aspirations. After this series, the Blue Jays go to Kansas City who have, eh, 
fewer postseason aspirations. Uh, and then they go to Anaheim to play a team that always has postseason aspirations. And why wouldn't you when you have two of the greatest players that have ever played this sport, um, but yeah, haven't really lived up to the expectations, have the Angels, uh, and then an off day before their home opener after that uh, in a brand new Rogers Center with a different dimension all around. I mean, I mentioned the fences in in right field, but uh, perhaps elevated. I don't know if it necessarily translates to more home runs. Uh, and then the fences lowered in center field and a bunch of new places to sit around the ballpark or stand around the ballpark and have a drink while watching a baseball game that might take place in fewer than three hours. We'll see. They're in the top of the eighth inning in the Bronx, and uh, this game started at 1 o'clock. So things are looking pretty good as far as, you know, about 25 minutes to a half hour being lopped off these uh, Major League Baseball games. We'll see if uh, that carries over to the Blue Jays and Cardinals this afternoon. When we come back, we'll talk to one of the men on the call of today's game on the radio. Ben Nicholson-Smith will be alongside Ben Wagner. He'll join me next as we get you set for first pitch. Blue Jays Cardinals in St. Louis. I'm Ben Ennis. This is the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's opening day. Blue Jays and Cardinals about a half hour away from first pitch in St. Louis. I'm Ben Ennis. It's the Sportsnet Radio Network. Keep it here for uh, first pitch of the first game of the season as Ben Wagner has the call alongside our next guest, Ben Nicholson-Smith. How's it going, man? It's going great. Happy opening day. It's nice to be watching some baseball that uh, counts in the standings. Yes, it does, and it, it's already underway. I, like I mentioned just before going to break that the Yankees are playing a game that could uh, complete itself in under three hours, which is a rarity. It's, I guess, expected considering what we saw with the uh, pitch clock in, in spring training. It's it's a dawn of a new day, man. You you just got back from spring. Like, Was that your biggest takeaway, the new rules? Oh, for sure. I just think the pace of the games, like we get so spoiled so quickly to the point where at the end of spring training, if a game was taking 245, you kind of look up at the other people and you say, that game kind of dragged. Mm-hmm. And like, that's such a contrast compared to our whole, you know, lives of watching baseball where three hours is kind of the standard. And so now for that standard to become maybe 240, 245, it's a great development for the sport. It is. And it's not like you're losing 25 minutes of awesome baseball. You're losing 25 minutes of people just standing around and, and and waiting to play uh, baseball. Blue Jays going to play baseball against the Cardinals in mere moments, and this is a team that has World Series aspirations. That more than a few prognosticators have pegged them to to come out of the American League, win the division, win the World Series. It's certainly possible for a team that was the top wild card a season ago, ninety two wins. But they're a different looking team. How how do you think this team, like for for people who are maybe just jumping right back in after the the heartbreaking loss to the Mariners in Game Two of that Wild Card series, like 
What what is the biggest difference between last year's team and this year uh, year's this year's team going to be? I think there should be better defense when you look at the outfield corners to have George Springer and Dalton Varsho in the corners. I mean, these are guys that play center field and, and play it pretty well in the major leagues, but they are going to go on either side of Kevin Kiermeyer, who is moving great in spring training. He was really flying around the diamond. Two healthy hips right now. That's obviously key for him. So they're going to have really good outfield defense. That can support their pitching staff. That can keep their starters in games longer, keep them from overusing their relievers. At least that's the theory. I mean, they did take a step back offensively. When you lose Lourdes and Teoscar Hernandez, and you trade away Gabriel Moreno, who has a chance to be a pretty good offensive player himself, they've made some additions as well on that front. Um, So we'll see how they look offensively. But I I think that defensively, they have a chance to be a tighter team. Yeah, I I think... The outfield defense looks pretty amazing, honestly. And we know Matt Chapman, the defense he plays at third base. We'll see if Bo can get back to being like league average defender. Um, and then, you know, Vlad is a gold glove winner at, at first base. The offense, though, it, it's, it does intrigue me. This was a great offensive team a year ago, and specifically Dalton Varsho, who is, you know, he's, he's a young player. So it's the possibility exists that there's more there offensively. He was fine last year. He hit 27 home runs. Um is there more there offensively? Do the Blue Jays need him to be more offensively than he's shown in, in his brief time in the major leagues? And again, like last year was his first real full season with the Diamondbacks. And he was catching for a good chunk of that year. I think he started 18 games at catcher. So that takes more of a toll on a player physically. Um, he's really not going to catch this year for the Blue Jays unless there's an emergency situation. So uh, I think that having the clarity of where he's going to be playing, what he's going to be doing, lightening that physical load can set him up to just be in a better position um, offensively. So, you know, I'm not going to go reach too far here, but I think 30 home runs is pretty reasonable. Mm. And that's great. I mean, if he's hitting seventh uh, in your lineup. He's hitting fourth today. Fourth today. uh, You know, it could have been Brandon (laughs) Bell. You know, he could hit sixth, fourth, seventh, maybe eighth. Like, depending on the day against a lefty, you might not want him up that high. Um, But that's a really good hitter to have toward the middle to bottom of your order. Yeah, it is. Well, especially against righties. And, and you know, they, that's, this is a guy that has performed admirably against righties. The lefties are, it's a little bit of another question for me, Ben. Um, and I know so much of his acquisition, it was the offense. Well, and 27 home runs, you can't, you can't, you can't scoff at that. That's significant. Um, but against lefties, it's, it's not been league average by any stretch of the imagination and we know Kevin Kiermaier is also on this team not necessarily for his offense I wonder how different this team looks against left-handed starting pitching yeah that's one of the really big questions and I think you know you look at a guy like Whit Merrifield who's starting at second today against a right-handed pitcher I think we'll see Whit Merrifield in there a lot against lefties you could see Santiago Espinal playing second base Merrifield going to a corner spot that allows you to rest either Varsho or Kiermaier against good left-handed pitching. And I think that's a, a logical way for the Jays to go about it, at least to start the season. Now, uh, you know, what happens if if you have to adjust, um, you know, on the fly to some extent, um, if some other player is hurt, if you have to overexpose Kiermaier or Varsho, not ideal, of course. Um, but I think that Merrifield and Espinal could be part of that solution against lefties. Do you think... Whit Merrifield, I mean, so you mentioned that he's going to be the guy that moves out to the outfield, but is he almost an everyday player for this team at this point? I think these things are week to week 
Um, and I think for this week, he's an everyday player, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, I, I think we're going to see him a lot for the first chunk of the season. Mm. And then you have to earn it. I mean, he's not going to be gifted a spot just because he's made some all-star teams. Um, so you mentioned that, that you just got back from, from spring training and you identified Kevin Kiermaier with the, with the hip issue. He looks good. I'm really interested to see Brandon Belt, who looked pretty Brandon Belt-ish during spring training. And you only have to go back to 2021 to see a guy who hit almost 30 home runs in like fewer than 100 games and and was not so great last year. I get it with, with the Giants, but there was, I guess, physical reasons for that. I mean, you hear that from a lot of people, though, in spring training, that they're in the best shape of their lives, that, that, that they feel really good. He did have surgery on his knee uh, and not, not the first time he's had the surgery. Like, how confident are you that this is a guy, maybe not it, that is back to, to what he was in 2021, but somebody who's who's an above-average offensive player against righties. He's got a chance to be that. He should be that. I mean, realistically, if if he's at least an offensive threat against right-handed pitching, that's what he's here to do. You don't need him to be a, a weapon against lefties. Other guys can do that. But I, I think that it's really an unknown because we didn't see a ton of him in the spring. And the at-bat total was basically a week's worth of at-bats, mm. 20, 25 at-bats. And... Brandon Belt told me at one point during spring, that's all he needs. He said that he really doesn't feel the need after the injuries that he's been through in the last few seasons, just the volume of plate appearances he's had as a major leaker. He doesn't need to go in there and hit 50 times in spring, but coming off an injury, it is still a question mark for me. So I'm, I'm not sure what to expect, but clearly the upside is, is he could be an elite offensive player against righties. Yeah. Um, I thought he would be hitting fourth today. But he's not. He's hitting sixth. It's it's not not a big deal. But yeah, the throughout spring in the limited times, as you mentioned, we didn't see him a ton. He was he was hitting fourth for this team and made a little more sense. I mean, this is a guy with a little bit more experience. I I, I know, you know, Varsho, he's not a raw rookie or anything, but that's quite a spot to put a guy in who you just acquired, who's a young player who's never played meaningful baseball games. He's on a World Series contender. He's hitting cleanup against another World Series contender in in the season opener. Well, I think now's the time to jump into it because at some point they're going to be relying a lot on Dalton Varsho and he'll be relied on in Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park. And so why not start right now in front of the pageantry at Bush Stadium and, mm. and a lot of really good Cardinals players. But I think Blue Jays fans, when they start to watch Dalton Varsho every night, are really going to enjoy watching him. He's a fun player, just the speed, the defensive skill. He does a lot of things well. The one hole probably is how he hits lefties. Um, but he does a lot of really good things on a baseball field. So we need to talk about Vlad, I suppose, uh, early on in this conversation because you can't call him an X factor because, you know, he's, he's pretty close to the headline item on this team. But this is a guy who is, I, I think, at a, a baseline, we can say is an above average player. But at his best, he can be the best hitter in the American League. It's been a while since we've seen that, and there are different reasons to maybe poke holes in, in what was a spectacular season in 2021, all the damage done in Dunedin and Buffalo. Um, what were you hearing from some of the people that are you know discussing, or Vlad himself, about the, the, the changes maybe in mentality going into this season? Well, I, I think that the expectations are clearly high from Vladdy on himself, um, and... I think when you look at what he's been able to accomplish at such a young age, that makes sense. I mean, he's he's never shied away from acknowledging 
his own ambition for what he can do in his career. He wants to win World Series. He wants to hit as many home runs as his dad, who's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, this is not someone who's lacking on ambition. And uh, I think for for good reason, that's what you'd want to see from Vladdy as he goes into this year. I think the health that he's been able to show in the last few years is great. To miss only three games in the course of three full seasons with the Blue Jays, that's a huge um, force for the Jays. And just keeping a good offense on the field every night. Like, what's the the last time that we saw a Blue Jays lineup that kind of didn't look good was honestly, like, years ago now. Mm. Because you have Bo and Vlad and now Springer and Kirk in there every single day. So he's a huge part of that, whether it's 32 home runs like he hit last year. I think the number's probably closer to 40, but, you know, we'll see. And and he has a ton of ability. Yeah, he does. And and we've seen it. Um, him at his best makes this team at its best. And... um We've seen it in in 2021. We'll see if he can recapture that a little bit uh, this season. So Alec Manoa has been a man uh, that's been on the rise really ever since he made his major league debut a couple of years ago in May when, you know, he burst onto the scene after a very bizarre, well, year for everybody, not just baseball players, but especially for prospects who, who didn't get to play minor league games existed in this bizarro, like, uh, black ops site that that uh, nope. we we didn't get any stats from, uh, and then he arrived on the scene in spring training in in Tampa against the Yankees team, I recall, and and looked spectacular. Made his debut at Yankee Stadium, looked spectacular. Great debut season, and then he follows that up with an even better season, at least by ERA metrics. Now, there's some people that would point to some of the underlying stats and the strand rate and say that this is a guy that maybe overperformed what could have reasonably been expected of him in 2022 he's a great pitcher like I don't think anybody thinks he's gonna have like some some horrible season but where do you where do you land on the 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 expectations for a guy who maybe outperformed some of the advanced stats a season ago well I think it's fine to outperform your stats and if you can do it great bank that ERA bank those wins and strikeouts and and enjoy you know it's you don't know if that's going to happen Certainly can't count on it. And Alec Manoa had a 2.24 ERA last year. I mean, if you look around baseball, the only players that are probably a two, true talent, 2.24 ERA, are like Jacob deGrom. Yeah. Probably not even Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. Um, you know, Corbin Burns is probably a little higher than that, right? So I think it's basically Jacob deGrom. And so, yeah, of course, Alec Manoa is not going to have a 2.24 <laughs> ERA. That's fine. It can go to 3.24. That would still be, if he can give them 175 innings of a 3.24 ERA, that would be amazing for this Blue Jays team. Even if it goes up two runs to 4.24, that's not great, but that's still a very good, useful major league pitcher that contending teams need. So it's fine. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, the, yeah, he just set the bar really, really high for himself. Yeah. And it's fine if he falls off from there. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. The expectation should not be elite, elite ERA because there's a very limited uh, number of guys that can do that. And I would say that that one of the strengths of this Blue Jays team, it'll still be the offense, but it's the top two guys at the at the front of this rotation. I wonder what you think about the depth, though. They go out and get Chris Bassett to to replace Ross Stripling, and I think that's a pretty good move. Um, going throughout the 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 history of Chris Bassett and and what he's done throughout his major league career, and then. I mean, if you want to take the optimistic viewpoint, you can point to a guy who was the opening day starter a season ago as your fourth starter. Uh, and you can talk about a guy who was a former all-star being your fifth starter. If you want to take the negative side of it, you can you could say that, you know, Chris Bassett 
is leaving the National League and, and leaving a ballpark that was pretty pitcher-friendly, and he's pitched in some pretty pitcher-friendly ballparks throughout his career. And you can look at Jose Barrios' season last season and say that that's the start of something that is changing throughout the course of his history and that Yusei Kikuchi really only put together a half a season of being that all-star level talent the Blue Jays thought they were getting when he wrapped up his career in in Seattle. How do you feel about the depth of this rotation outside of Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa? Well, you know, Bassett, I think you're really comfortable with as a three. And as for Barrios and Kikuchi, I mean, Kikuchi led spring training in strikeouts. It's hard to ask for a lot more than that. But he struck people out last year, though, right? Yeah. I mean, he was really good in spring. Um, And... With both him and Brios, it's ultimately the time to prove it now. I mean, they have to go out there and, you know, I'm excited to actually find out some answers on this front because it's been a question mark looming over this team for months. I mean, mm-hmm. dating back to the middle of last season, we were asking these questions about these guys. And for Brios, it's going to be fastball command. For Kikuchi, it's going to be filling up the strike zone and consistently just throwing strikes um, to the opposition Easier said than done when you have the movement that he has. And and yet, that's his task. That's why he's on a $36 million contract, is he has to attack those hitters. Bullpen isn't, isn't something that we've spent a lot of time, or at least I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about or, or talking about in, in spring training. I think we're at a point where it's it's pretty good. I don't know if, if it's going to be an elite bullpen. I mean, they, they got Eric Swanson does have swing and miss stuff. He's not necessarily your prototypical, like, when when Blue Jays fans were clamoring for swing and miss bullpen arms at the deadline, this is not Eric Swanson doesn't throw like 105, right? But he gets some swing and miss. And Jordan Romano is is one of the, the better closers throughout um, the American League, if not Major League Baseball. How do you feel about the, the bullpen going into game one of 162? Honestly, it looks really good. I think that when you look at the AAA bullpen and the guys who were sent there and, you know, whether that's, maybe more of a depth guy like a Trent Thornton or Jay Jackson, who was, who was added to the 40-man roster after a really strong spring, or Nate Pearson, who was one of the hardest throwers in all of the Grapefruit League, and you have these guys who don't even make your major league team, that's a good sign. I mean, we'll see what Trevor Richards can do. And Tim Meza, you know, his stuff wasn't looking particularly lively in his final spring outing. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's spring. No one's, you know, going to judge him by that. Same with Adam Simber. I mean... It, Let's be real here. He's throwing 87 from a low arm slot. And, you know, is that going to is that going to create some matchups that are kind of unfavorable? Maybe. But he still found a way to get results with that and certainly get ground balls. Um, Isn't that the nature of relieving too, right? Like when the the Blue Jays acquired Adam Zimber was at a time when the bullpen was like impossibly bad. And you were just looking for somebody who was a little bit better and they got way more than they expected out of him. A hundred percent. And I think too, like when you look back at any good bullpen, even from like two years ago, it starts to get dated so fast. Yeah. Like guys are out of the game, retired, they're pitching in the, you know, Dominican league, whatever the case, they're not in major league baseball at that high level. So it's really about what these guys can do for you right now. And I think the Jays have a group um, in the majors and even a triple a that's capable of some good things. Yeah. Uh, they, they have a, a group that has a little bit of, of speed as well, and you wonder how the, the new rules will impact their willingness to, to, to try and steal a base. Saw a couple of stolen bases. In, and by the way, that Yankees game is over, a game that started at Yankee Stadium on opening day at 1 o'clock is done uh, in under three hours' time. So pitch clock uh, looking pretty good at, at the outset here. Um, I, 
40% more stolen base attempts across Major League Baseball in spring training. And I think John Schneider said explicitly that, like, listen, that's what spring training is for, is for trying things out. Who's who's going to be the guy that's aggressive on the base pass? Do you think the Blue Jays are a team that has a, a significant uptick in, in stolen base attempts? Well, they really didn't steal much last year. Uh, George Springer was their team leader with, I want to say, 14 steals. Um, and beyond that, they were not particularly aggressive. So I, I think that... When you look at Whit Merrifield there for a full season and potentially uh, getting more playing time than he did, that's one step. I think Kevin Biggio is a guy who could run some more. Bo Bichette, we'll see. He ran a lot in spring. Um, certainly, Kevin Kiermeyer is moving really well. Uh, he's got to get on base first, of course, so mm-hmm. that's step one. Um, but I think in total, this is a group that should run a bit more. And I, I hope, you know, just zooming beyond the Blue Jays to Major League Baseball, I really do hope that we see a lot more stolen base attempts and more short games like that Yankees game that just ended because, you know, it, it is such a great sport and you just cram a little bit more action to a little bit less time and it's a much better uh, total experience. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you and I, we, we loved the sport before the new rule changes, but I, I can't quibble with anything that I've seen and I enjoyed the World Baseball Classic without them, but did I think that it could have used the pitch clock at times. And I know people are looking at that final at bat between Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and, hey, the pitch clock would have interfered. Not really. No. Okay. No, I, I it would have uh, been even better without with a pitch clock. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I feel like baseball is having a moment right now, fingers crossed, that, you know, that the changes have been beneficial and that, that people's interest was piqued by that World Baseball Classic. But specifically in this city, Ben, you know how crazy this 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 town can get when the baseball is good, when the team is in it. And we're now, I think, further and further removed from the pandemic and people are getting closer and closer back to their normal lives. And we got a renovated Rogers Center. I mean, I can envision uh, a pretty exciting summer uh, down on on Blue Jays' way. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, it would be a big surprise and, and disappointment if the Blue Jays are not competing all season long and whether that leads to, you know, uh, certainly the Blue Jays are capable of the playoffs. Uh, I think that that's uh, the the baseline at minimum. Yeah. Now, is that a wild card? Is that an American League East? Can they earn a first-round buy? All these things are in play. And so, you know, this stakes are real, um, and the competition is good with the Yankees and the Rays and all the way through the American League East. So I think it should be a really compelling season, and all those questions now we're going to start to finally get some answers to. Yeah, before we let you go, I mean... Um... There, there's certainly the talent here to win a World Series. I wonder, from a pressure standpoint, Matt Chapman is a pending free agent. You got a okay, you got a young core of Bobuchet and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But they're they're only this the they're the seventh uh, oldest team in Major League Baseball because they have a bunch of of uh, thirty year olds and and Chris Bassett's among them and and George Springer's among them. They've got some veterans on this team. Like how how urgent is it for this team to start winning like this season? I think it's always urgent when you have this much talent. And with Bo and Vlad, they're three years from free agency. The time to start winning playoff games is now. They've made it to the playoffs. Those were good steps. But you don't want to be known as a team that had incredible regular season talent and never won a game in the playoffs, which they have yet to do as a group. So that's not an indictment of these guys. They have a ton of talent. They have every reason to believe that they can succeed again in 2023 and actually start winning those playoff series. Of course, you know, the challenge is actually to do that. And so we can't, you know, award them anything until they've actually gone out and, and accomplished that. Um, but if there's any team in baseball that can do it, 
this team is as talented as as the Dodgers, as Houston, as the Yankees, as the Cardinals. They're right up there with the better teams in baseball. I can't wait to see it in action for real in uh, in mere moments listening to Ben Nicholson-Smith and Ben Wagner on the call on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks for this, man. You got it. Anytime. Uh, there is Ben Nicholson-Smith getting set for first pitch. All right, it is time now for last call. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Let's uh, run down some of the odds surrounding this afternoon's Blue Jays baseball game. Jays in St. Louis against the Cardinals, and they are favorites on the road. Minus 114, the Cardinals plus 100, the run total 7.5. Alec Manoa strikeout total 5.5. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to hit a home run that is paying plus 430. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt coming off his... World Baseball Classic appearance, plus 450. If you like Dalton Varsho, as you heard Blake Murphy talk about earlier on in the program, uh, to hit a home run against a pitcher whose profile type he's succeeded often against, uh, Dalton Varsho paying plus 575 to hit a home run. Kevin Kiermeyer, if you really want to go off the board, plus 1,150. And before... A single game or pitch has been thrown in the Blue Jays season. Let's get you some World Series odds for the Toronto Blue Jays. They are plus 1,300. The Houston Astros atop the board at plus 625 to repeat. The Yankees plus 700 along with the Dodgers plus 700. For the Blue Jays to win the American League East, they are paying plus 190. The Yankees minus 110. And they just shut out the Giants in their season opener today. The Tampa Bay Rays plus 300, Baltimore Orioles plus 2,100, the Red Sox plus 2,200, and the American League Cy Young Award odds, Jacob deGrom, the Texas Rangers now plus uh, 650, leading the way, Dylan Cease plus 700 of the White Sox, Garrett Cole, boy, those uh, numbers probably going down after his spectacular outing today against the Giants. He's uh, plus 800 to win the American League Cy Young, and Alec Manoa to win his first American League Cy Young Award Plus 1,300, and that was Last Call, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. All right, spring training, it's over. All the conversation, all the prognosticating, it's done. The Blue Jays are getting set to start their journey towards a potential World Series title, and it starts this afternoon in St. Louis, and they've got... One of the faces of the franchise on the mound trying to do it. Alec Manoa, last you saw him, not his greatest outing. Game one of that postseason series against the Seattle Mariners. He'll try to flip the script in Missouri this afternoon against Miles Michaelis. Ben Wagner, Ben Nicholson-Smith with the call on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I am Ben Ennis. Enjoy the season, everybody. See you later.